1: Listen as you are listening to Radio 3CR on 855 AM and Palestine Remembered with Robert Martin, Nasr Mashni and Yusuf Ahmad al-Rimawi. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of Australia's only radio program that is totally dedicated to the Palestinian cause in English language. In today's episode... We are going to talk about the 24th anniversary of Al-Ibrahimi Mosque Massacre in 1994. And uh, we will talk about uh, a fascinating research study that uh, an aboriginal activist uh, prepared a comparison between the Palestinian Arabs and the first Australians, the aborigines, from human rights perspective. So, for this and more, stay with us and enjoy the episode. Good morning, Nasser and Robert. Morning, boys. Good morning, good morning. So, uh, this is another edition of Palestine Remembered, and uh, today uh, we have a few items. Uh, Nasser will. uh, um, maybe take us uh, maybe to the headlines and then we can discuss them one by one.
2: Well, I think first we should commemorate the um, the anniversary of the...
1: Uh, Ibrahimi uh, Mosque uh, in Hebron Massacre.
2: Yeah, and we're going to... Um, so for our listeners that know, uh, Brooke Goldstein uh, walked into a mosque with uh, uh, Palestinians who were laying prostrate, worshipping God on a Friday during prayers. And took a machine gun and emptied it into the crowd, killing, killing
1: nearly 29. 30, yeah, 29 people and injuring many others. That's the 20, the 24th anniversary uh, on Sunday,
0: yeah. And this is when Hebron started to get really closed down. Well, mm. that, that, that was the yeah. Palestinians
2: yeah. supposedly. So that
1: will be our uh, first item. And well, I, th-
2: I think, and also, we're going to touch on often we hear in the media about incitement and Palestinian incitement, mm. um, and what's very rarely discussed, although Robert uh, did a wonderful interview when he was in Palestine last year with uh, Miko Pallad's sister, Nurit, and her book about the incitement within Israel and its school system and the dehumanization of the Arab-Palestinian uh, that's you know, entrenched. know, and
1: government-endorsed and sponsored.
2: And we've got a little clip that, um, Yusuf, you're going to translate for us uh, mm-hmm. from uh, Hebrew into English to give our listeners just an insight into what's happening um, in grade school. You know, This is junior school, not high school. These are young, impressionable minds and the sort of state, level, systematic uh, brainwashing that's occurring. child abuse. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to recount a discussion I had with a, at a luncheon between myself and a uh, a couple of other people there. One of them was a, a Jewish guy and how we got on to um, uh, Lord And I say Jewish and I shouldn't say that because we know many, very many good Jewish people, a Zionist guy. So um, all that and more.
1: So, unfortunately, the memory comes back again, Uh, the 24th anniversary of Al-Ibrahimi Mosque massacre, where uh, Baruch Goldstein, uh, uh, a settler near Hebron, um, prepared uh, for as many Palestinian victims as possible during one of the closest moments people have with God, that's during prayer time. And when you are uh, when you submit yourself and when you are in peace, actually, uh, and opened fire in complicity with the Israeli soldiers who were around. And I say in complicity um, because there are evidence uh, um, of uh, soldiers uh, being aware of what Baruch Goldstein will be doing and especially that he went there with a uniform, with a soldier uniform. And uh, opened fire in the Dawn Prayer um, on the twenty fifth of february nineteen ninety four, killing twenty nine worshippers and injuring nearly two hundred. Uh, of course he was later um, captured by the other worshippers and he was subsequently killed.
2: So um in fact um we should say that the only reason he stopped because he's ran out of ammunition. Yeah yeah. yeah and it wasn't because he thought oh that's enough, that's enough for today. No. He ran out of ammunition.
1: And let's let's talk about you know this is not another mosque this is the second holiest mosque in Palestine mm-hmm. after Al-Aqsa mosque and it is the grand mosque of Hebron and Hebron by the way unlike any other Palestinian city does not have any non-Palestinian communities. It's a 100% 100 Muslim uh, community, which means that the number of worshippers in general are um, uh, higher than other Palestinian cities. And um, in the biggest uh, mosque, and um, it was uh, in a time where people were starting their days, the dawn prayer, so it was well planned and uh, like nasser said uh, the idea was to kill as many Palestinians as possible the 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 number was twenty nine people, but it could have been uh, in hundreds so many more yeah. it, it didn't actually, it
0: didn't stop there for the Palestinians because the Palestinians <coughs> paid for the price mm. of having their fellow Palestinians killed. They were actually locked in their homes weren't allowed out whilst the Israelis were allowed out, and then the street has been closed with thousands thousand this st- is this is the absurdity
1: the of the, the, this massacre is that we get punished for that massacre by having Al-Shuhada Street, the main commercial street in Hebron, blocked since then yeah. and by having more restrictions of freedoms of warships and by having a long list of other limitations and restrictions on the victims, and, and all <laughs> through, on the
0: victims. And, and all through there, they actually have signs, the Israelis have put signs up saying how the Palestinians had killed Jewish people in the 20s. Mm. That's all they talk about And there are numerous signs around there And I was in fact there not long ago And I approached some Israeli Jews And they kept telling me that if the Palestinians Were allowed to walk around the Ibrahim Mosque Because they cannot go to the right of it More than about 25 metres That in fact they would kill all the Jewish people they and really forget mm. what actually happens and twist the stories.
1: Mm. And in fact, Baruch Goldstein publicly said that the, uh, his intention or the purpose of his life is to end the Arab presence in the old city. Of Hebron and the, and the, this is his uh, 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 cause, his ultimate cause that he dedicated his entire life for and in line with the preaching of the Kach movement and uh, we 're not talking about an, isol- an isolated event we 're not talking about a lunatic person who just lost his mind and it was, premeditated. Uh, it was premeditated it was premeditated. he was a
2: medical doctor, so this is a, a mm. human being you know obviously immense intelligence, etc. This is a mm. cold calculating murderer. Mm. And what's worse to it is there are people that still subscribe to that ideology. Hmm? There is a a monument to the massacre built by this movement to honor Baruch Goldstein's sacrifice, they say. In his settlement, Kriyat Arba. Yeah, in his settlement. And, you know, it goes on. And let, let's go to that clip now, Yusuf. Mm.
1: So this is a video of a class in a religious Jewish school in Jerusalem, which shows a classroom a teacher and her uh, students of boys uh, aged, I think, from 8 to 12. Um, let's have a listen. When I say Jerusalem, what comes in your mind? The temple. The
0: okay. temple who thinks that the temple
1: will be built in a few years Hands up. and what is now on the temple Al-Aqsa
0: mosque
1: what is going to happen to the
0: mosque
1: It will be destroyed, it will be blown up, it will disappear. Has any anyone of you met an Arab kid in the last year? So many hands up. And where did that happen? Near the temple? Have you spoken to them? No, he pushed me and ran away. And how do you describe your feelings and emotions when you see an Arab kid? What do you feel?
0: I feel anger.
1: I feel I want to kill him. How do you see Jerusalem in about 10 years? I see it filled with all religious Jews. All Jews, some Arabs, but our slaves. They will be our slaves.
0: And what will happen when the Messiah
1: comes? There will be a big war and all Arabs will die and the remaining ones will be our slaves. Thank you, boys.
2: Now, this is is a video that is something of the order of 20 minutes long. So Shiva, it's a religious school mm-hmm. um, for boys only in in West Jerusalem, as we understand it. But the video's twenty minutes long. This is just an excerpt that we've uh, been able to translate. In and, presence
1: uh, of teachers and
2: uh, yeah, look, three adult teachers and a rabbi, and these kids these kids are eight, nine, ten years old maximum. It's I mean.
0: chilling. It's chilling that a family can send their kids to these schools, and these schools can actually teach this, and the government knows about it and sponsors it. It's plain child abuse. It's horrible.
1: You know, next time somebody tells you that Palestinians teach their children hatred, maybe you should remember to refer to uh, evidence like this. Anyway, well,
0: I, I saw, as, I, as I've said last time, I won't go on, but I saw that uh, in Hebron, a child of this age, saying those sorts of things that I'm going to kill you and get away with it. You can then see the soldiers, once they get their weapons at 18, that they've been taught this, that it's continuing on with the hatred. It's just a horrible, horrible, vicious circle.
1: So moving on, uh, you're listening to Palestine Remembered on 855 AM. And the next uh, topic, Nasser? Well,
2: we're going to talk about the, the luncheon I had with uh, a couple of friends and uh, a Zionist who was there. And the topic came up because one of, one of my friends had attended Roger Waters a week ago, and he um, had an epiphanous uh, uh, moment during Roger Waters and suddenly realized that everything I've been telling him for um, some years now made sense because the white guy told him. And, um, he was evangelical in, in praising Roger Waters to the, to the group that was there. And, um, uh, a Jewish guy said, you know, well, a Zionist said, oh, you know, there's another side, you know, what well, she chose to, uh, boycott Israel, but you know, she's going to, to Russia. And I said, well, what, what's the problem with that? He said, well, Russia's done more bad things than, uh, than Israel has. I said, okay, well. I mean, it will give you the opportunity to expand on that if you want. He goes, no, well, I mean, I'm just going to say, you know, she's, she's um, chosen not to go to Israel so that, you know, she might be an anti-Semite. I said, well, hold on a second. Let, what we should do is just break this down. The reality is the Palestinians have asked for
1: international,
2: international community to help. Hmm. they've said, don't come. If you're an academic, don't come to the university. Don't sponsor another academic. If you're a business uh, divest. If you um, are a government, sanction Israel. If you're um, a, a consumer, An boycott. Um, and the artistic boycott, work. They're calling on artists not to come because when you come, you accept, you normalise, you allow um, Israel to continue its crimes against the Palestinians. I said, so that's the difference. The Russians haven't asked
1: hmm.
2: us not to go.
1: Hmm.
2: Yeah, but you know they they invaded Ukraine. I said, okay, the occupation of Ukraine is only a couple of years old.
1: And when even when the Ukrainian civil society, let's say, calls for the international uh, community to uh, show solidarity with them, then we can think about it.
2: Of course. Um, But A, Ukrainians can travel anywhere in the world on a Ukrainian passport or a Russian passport. They can travel into Russia. They can vote. I mean, not that anybody actually gets to vote for Putin. He wins most elections. But they actually can do everything a Russian can do. No Palestinian can do anything that a... Uh, A
1: Jewish Israeli
2: Ashkenazi Jew in particular can do mm. difference. Um, uh, over and above which, uh, the, the 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 football teams in the Ukraine can play in the Russian league. The the freedom, all of those things exist. Now, what, what what's the issue? Well, the 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 Russians are bad guys, and you know they've they've killed people in in Syria. And like, so, okay, how many how many things do we need to um, do? What have you done for Syria? What have you done for the Ukrainians? So only on this issue do you care. Um, No, well, you know, Israel's a democracy. I said, well, then, if Israel's a democracy, even though we don't get to vote, then arguably, where in Russia, although allegedly it's a democracy, the constituency doesn't really get a say in the outcome of the elections, because Putin wins them all, in Israel, where you're saying it is a democracy... And those people vote for these policies, then ipso facto you should be more boycotted, divested, and sanctioned because you're all complicit. Mm. Based on who you keep putting into parliament. So, um, at, at, at about that point, uh, one of the other guys interceded and said, "Look, you know, maybe we should leave uh, <laughs> leave politics out of lunch." Um, so, so for, for those that often hear mm. one one of, it's a it's a Zionist canard, you know, to throw it, you know, you're anti Semite because you don't do this. Mm. Well, the reality is, you can only do so much. I mean, the reality is, I'm not a. I, I, uh, Indonesia is the most populous uh, Islamic country in the world. But I support the West Papuan people and their desire for independence and self determination. And I will not. I don't buy Indonesian goods. I mean, not a lot of things. I don't go to Indonesia. I don't go to mm-hmm. Bali. Mm. I, I purposely, personally, even though the West Papuans, I don't know if they've called for boycott, divestments, and sanctions, but I personally choose not to. Hmm.
1: In fact, Nasser, uh, this discussion is not uh, alien to uh, what we have these days, especially after uh, 2011, when the violence in the region, in the Arab, in the Middle East region, uh, became um, uh, maybe the worst in, uh, in the modern history. Um, saying that, uh, well, uh, Gaddafi killed more Lib- more Libyans than Israel killed uh, Palestinians or Bashar or uh, uh, whatever uh, dictator uh, and trying to present and portrait Israel as the least of the evil mm. in the region and what's the big deal about how come you you have these double standards Not uh, uh, and, and in fact, this is systematic, it's not a random and I think they are trained I'm, I'm not talking about that, friend I'm talking about the Hasbara uh, yeah, of uh, school of thought. That you know, um, if a discussion like this comes up, bring Syria onto the table, mm-hmm. bring Libya, bring we, Yemen. Bring what Australia about, what about well. the Saudis in Yemen? What about uh, the Iranians yeah. in Syria? What about something in somewhere? And therefore, uh, they dilute of course the importance. And, and, and the
2: reality is, they become the arbiter of what is essential. Hmm. You know, I mean, there's injustice all over the world. Hmm. Some things strike more people closer to home. Hmm. Like I'm, I'm, I'm. A, a, uh, an, indige- an indigenous person ethnically cleansed. So I'm going to feel for those people. Yeah. Um, Lord mm. might feel more attached to the pain or associated to the, the, the travesty that is the situation in Palestine mm. more than she feels for the for, for what's happening in Crimea. The reality is it's two years old. The other one's 70 years old, 51 years since 67. I mean, there, there's differences. And this obfuscation is just a, a Zionist cannot to get off. Diversion. Diversion. They just want to divert.
1: Yeah, yeah. version one hundred and one. It, it is divergent, indeed. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, so uh, on, on a, on a
2: big shout out to a friend of mine, Sol, who uh, magnificently articulated this in a uh, in a Facebook post recently.
1: Um, so, uh, moving on to uh, the next uh, topic, uh, Nasser, well, and Robert,
2: I recently read a report. Robin, Robin, and I we were looking over it uh, in, during the week um, by Dr. Gideon Polya, and she's she's done some really in-depth and uh, really, you know, in-your-face challenging analysis comparing apartheid Israel and the Palestinian genocide and Australia's Aboriginal genocide and compared them. And, you know, as Australians, we're here and we've just, you know, uh, commemorated Invasion Day last month. Uh, To put it into an Australian context, and I'm just, you know, highlighting this, but if people want to Google it, it's apartheid Israel's Palestinian genocide and Australia's Aboriginal genocide compared... In human rights by Dr. Gideon Polya, and it was written on the 20th of February. And remembering that Australia, you know, behind Donald Trump is the now number two. Since Harper left Canada, Australia is number two on the uh, supporters of of apartheid Israel. Um, th- the ethnic cleansing that occurred in Palestine—it's still ongoing here. We should just remember that. And we've just had the uh, uh, closing the gap 10 year anniversary of the closing the gap. Um, uh, Kevin Rudd's closing the gap. The reality is life expectancy. All of the all of the measurements that the closing the gap was supposed to measure, there's been barely any movement. Some little wins in education, etc., but the big ones, mortality, are, rate, well, the big uh, ones, and we're going to go through uh, them yeah, now. There's been very, very little improvements. Uh, difference. Um, so, in in the first instance, when we talk about historical genocide. Twenty second of January, Invasion Day. The indigenous population, the uh, uh, aboriginals. Around a million, down to 100,000 in the first century after the invasion, through violence, dispossession, deprivation, and introduced disease. Um, Throughout most of the 20th century, as we know, there was the forced removal of children from families. Um, In 1880, in Palestine, there were about 500,000 Arab Palestinians and about 25,000 Jewish people. Half of those were recent immigrants, so put that into concept. The Palestinian genocide, in fact, started before that. In World, in World War One, there was a, uh, a famine in which one hundred thousand Palestinians perished, and this was based on uh, uh, the contemptible British, uh, you know, in my mind, anyway. Um, post the UN Partition 78 percent of Palestinians conquered, eight hundred thousand up to a million Palestinians driven from their home. In sixty-seven, another four hundred thousand Palestinians were expelled, and it's estimated from eighteen eighty to date. That when you talk about you know miscarriages, uh, children that you know didn't survive uh, birth, death in war, etc. And we're not just talking within Palestine; we're talking the refugee camps around. That the Palestinian genocide, she estimates, is of the order of two million Palestinians in one hundred mm. and fifty years. Um, deaths from violence about hundred thousand. So those deaths are you know in war the rest are, you know, the imposed uh, uh, deprivations, you know, the loss of water, the, the food, etc., famine. Um, the, the genocide, as we know, the occupation, it's abusive, it's violent, it's indefinite. Today, we've got 5 million Palestinians in Gaza, you know, the concentration camp that is Gaza. 2 million uh, there, 3 million in West Bank in ghettos, ghettoised. Of the 14 million Palestinians in the world, 7 million are forbidden even to step foot in palestine 5 million are held in hostage 2 million in gaza 3 million in the west bank and and this is ongoing the next one annual avoidable mortality now we've been trying to close the gap and this is in australia this is i mean it makes really for sickening it's reading it. aboriginal australians and torres straiters live 10 years less than everybody else not just white people mm. Everybody else, just as a whole community.
1: You mean everybody else in the world?
2: Everybody else in Australia. I mean, we're in in the same. As
1: as opposed to other ethnic groups in Australia.
2: I mean, Australia's got one of the highest um, life uh, life expectancy rates in the world. And aside from its multicultural, the reality is a male can expect to live to 86, 87, and a female up to 88, 89. I mean, you know, anywhere in the world, this is amongst the most. And the average
1: among Aboriginal Australians is 10 years less. 10 years years less. So that hasn't changed? It hasn't
2: changed, no. Um, in, in, if you take that to to, to Palestine, and one of the things I want to talk about is infant mortality in Palestine. The annual GDP in Palestine, in the occupied Palestinian territories, is two thousand eight hundred US per person per capita. Um, in in Israel, it's thirty nine thousand. Mm. Now remember, this whole place, Palestine, West Bank, Gaza, etc., fits inside uh, Tasmania, something of the order yep. of you know twenty times. Um, and in th- this huge discrepancy. Manifests itself in healthcare and ultimately avoidable mortality and and especially in infant mortality. Now the under five infant mortality i e and the, the way they measure this is deaths per thousand is twenty two in Palestine. So out of every 000, every thousand births, twenty two die before their five. Mm. If they're five if they celebrate God. On Friday, on Friday or,
0: or, Saturday, or, 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 or Sunday.
2: Friday or Sunday. That's now, horrific.
0: That is just horrific.
2: Yeah, yeah. And and if that child is born to parents that celebrate God on Saturday, it's three point five per thousand, as so opposed you, to twenty two, six and a half times worse. Yes.
1: Mm.
2: Now, the reality that's because of the gap between the money.
1: Mm.
2: What. Per capita, the economy is doing when it's allowed to flourish, when it's accepted by Europe, when it's got uh, free trade with the rest of the world, and an, uh, an occupation that stifles growth, that um, cuts water to crops, that denies farmers access to the land, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that ultimately manifests itself. And then you go to the, the the life expectancy difference between people who celebrate God on Saturday and those on Friday and Sunday. And magically, just like in Australia, it's a 10-year gap.
1: mm so, there is a symmetry also. So,
0: these are the shared values that we share. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, share, we share these values. That's yeah. what this they're talking about, about with Australia proudly says.
2: Yep. That's disgusting. No, uh, you haven't finished, having have I know. I mean, just, look, so the next one we'll I just.
1: I think it, it's worth uh, sharing more because yeah, yeah. I find this
2: fascinating. Violent deaths in custody. So, Australia ceased massacring uh, Australians. The last official massacre of the indigenous population was in 1928 in the Coniston Massacre. Uh, In 1991, a Royal Commission to Aboriginal Death in Custodies issued a final report. Um, And since 1991, a further 340 Indigenous Palestinians have died in custody. uh, Indigenous Australians, excuse me, have died in custody. In 2015, Indigenous people were 13 times more likely to be jailed than non Indigenous people and made up 27% of the population of jail populations. Mm. This is Aboriginal people. 27%
1: Twenty-seven percent of the uh, prison population is Aboriginal, and that's probably less than uh, what's their uh, percentage in the population in general.
2: Uh, it's it's like around three, three. Yeah, yeah. It's, mm. it's
1: just it's mind-boggling. It's mind-boggling. In fact, yeah.
2: I think I think in fact it's one point five to teach. You. Let me just scan through there. They're one point five percent of the population. So wh-
1: let me rephrase because this is very alarming. Mm-hmm. One point five percent of the population makes twenty
2: seven percent of prison population. Of oh, prison population. Mm. And then this comes back, you know, to the inequalities, the genocide, the the violence, the violence, the, the loss of community of and
1: lack uh, and deprivation of proper legal uh, representation, et representation, et cetera. Et cetera and et cetera. maybe family visit, et cetera.
2: Uh, in Palestine and this this is, you know, um, you know in in, in since the twenty first century, so two thousand and one, you know, the um, uh, the the party of the millennium 6 1615 non-terrorist israeli deaths have occurred mm. and these are the homicides yeah mm. um and there was 164 deaths from terrorism within within uh, israel during this time 9505 palestinian deaths by israelis so from
1: 165 to nine thousand one
2: sixty-four 164 something. to 9505 yeah so you know Fraction. Fraction, crazy. Maternal uh, mortality. In Australia in 2008, 2012, there were 105 maternal deaths in Australia that occurred within 42 days, and the measurement is that the first month and uh, and, uh, and a half, seven weeks. 105 deaths in four years uh, at the end of pregnancy, representing a maternal mortality ratio of 7.1 deaths per 100,000 women. Now, for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders, it was 13.8 deaths per 100,000, twice as bad. In Palestine, well, it's, it's, it's nine times worse. Nine times worse. Yeah, 45 versus five. 45 for um, uh, Palestinians. Palestinians and five for Israelis, yes. nine times worse.
1: And if you look at the five Israelis, you will see that four of them are from the Arab community probably.
2: Well, of. I mean, the report goes on and on. It's, it's a substantive report but um, Um, the similarities I think we
1: should put a link of this report on our podcast Uh, is there an online uh, copy there's an online
2: copy we'll publish that into the podcast so if you go to 3cr.org.au so to conclude what
1: we said Nasser we're talking about um, not just coincidental uh, similarities between white Australia policy against the uh, original Australians versus the Zionist project in Palestine called Israel against the native Arabs whether Muslim or Christians Not only we're talking about coincident We're talking about systematic uh, approaches Towards the local indigenous That resulted in um, figures We're not talking opinions here mm-hmm. We're talking figures And yeah. these figures are, 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 are the I guess, are academically um, Absolutely. proven
2: They're, they're all or, or, Everything well is Absolutely, mm-hmm. You know that the, the report is You know there's probably five pages of citations
1: well uh, Robert you are you are the only white one in the room so we have to blame it, it on you. It's,
0: ho- it's just it's horrible. It's just outrageous. No, no, I,
1: I, 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 I mean be, beyond beyond the, the the Palestine thing. I mean if I can ask you maybe a bit of a personal question Robert how do you feel being uh, maybe brought up in the bigger picture of let's say white Australians in general? Is this something that you feel, you know, I'm talking about the aboriginal also? This is another hat maybe I'm sure uh, you have sympathy for. Well, I
0: have sympathy for any human being that is trying to live and make life for their family but doesn't get the support from their own country or neighbours or people and then get deemed to be either savages. We don't give the our indigenous population a good name. We only badmouth them. Anyone that's against having Australia Day changing says, why don't they just change, grow up, get over it, it's not that simple. If people have any understanding of how psychology works with humans and families, you can't just get over it. It's inherited. But Australia isn't doing the right thing. Israel's doing this, I believe, on purpose. This is part of their issue Ethnic, of getting, yeah. Unequivocally, yeah. Unequivocally. They could support the Palestinians if they wanted to. We could support our Australians more
1: if we wanted to.
0: It's, it's, it's sad. It's very, very sad. We should end up with something a little bit...
1: Well, no, let, let me end up then with our literature event on the 5th of oh. March. Can I promote this? Oh, well, you have to. <laughs> I was going to promote well, as a shirt. Well, this is even better. Uh, too colorful for promotion. <laughs> well, so, so bad that we can't show them the shirts. But uh, on the 5th of March in Craigburn Town Hall or the Global Learning Center, uh, Averroes Center of Arab Culture is organizing a literature uh, night reciting poetry in both English and Arabic in memory of the victims of terrorism, especially um, in Iraq, because this is an international Mm -hmm. event that that is named after Al-Mutanabbi Street, the hub of intellectuals and libraries in Baghdad, which witnessed a bad bombing in 2007. And on this day, internationally, there are around 30 cities around the world commemorate that event with poetry reading. So you're welcome to join us 7 pm 5th of March, Craigburn Global Learning Center. So um, with this we come to the end of the show and we'll see you next Saturday, same time, 9:30 in the morning until then. this is Nasser, Robert and Youssef. Salam.